What's up, everybody? This is Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pace Rules Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pace Rules on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pace Rules Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Last episode was, let's face it, it was pretty depressing. And we're coming off back-to-back victories. Not only just back-to-back victories, back-to-back double-digit victories. The first one against the Spurs. The second one I really, really enjoyed against the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, we defeated them today 111-98 to 98, uh, in what was uh, probably the best game I've seen us play this season overall. Um, and just fantastic to see four out of the five starters finally healthy. I mean, look, we, we can't get five. Uh, hopefully we'll get to that later in the show that is on its way, but Alex, it was nice to see four first choice NBA players on the floor with the rookie of the year, Chris Duarte. Is that not the most like paces thing of all time? Celebrating having four fifths of your starters healthy for like the first time in a year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, but it was great to see, obviously, Brogdon and Levert. That was, uh, I feel like we've talked about that backcourt a little bit and we haven't seen them yet. So they looked really good. Uh, Levert has just changed the dynamic of this team completely. I mean, if he plays that full Raptors game, we probably win that and he, we're probably three and oh with him. So I think you're seeing why him being out really hurt us early. Uh, even when he's not making shots, you know, he's getting assists, he's helping Domas down low. And uh, and he was good on the defense end. I think he shut down Kemba today. Kemba was only like, what what did he have like nine points or something? He was he shot terribly. So uh, yeah, it was just great to see the uh, starting lineup come together and everyone played pretty well. Like even Domas had a quiet game, but he still ended up with like ten, seven, and a few assists. So everyone did their thing. Yeah, uh, it was fantastic to see the first choice backcourt there. I think. Um... The, it can't be underestimated uh, how how much it, it, it means to a team to have two creators, two guys that can create their own shot, create for others on the team, on the perimeter. I mean, Domas can create shots, open shots for guys by you know drawing in defenders, et cetera. But having Levert and Brogdon able to set up their teammates is, um, is underrated. Um, Kemba Walker, for the record, had what I term the Moses Malone. He had four rebounds, four points, four assists um, after Moses' famous 4-4-4 <laughs> in 1982. Um, but, uh, Justin, it was pretty impressive to see the way that Levert's been able to come back with limited minutes, you know, take control of this offense, make some tough shots, immediately, you know, belong out there with no preseason whatsoever and just capitalize and we look like a different team. Yeah, definitely. He's the Pacers' best isolation player by far. He can go and get your hoop where other players probably can't. Um, so it's really good to see. Even when he doesn't score, he, he still puts pressure on the other team's defense. Um, and I really like what Carlisle's doing as well. He's staggering the rotation. So there was a, I think there was the early, early of the second quarter, he actually had all bench plays, but he, he had Levert on as well. Um, I feel like this roster is not good enough to have five bench players on at once. Um, yeah. So I think he's he's really staggering the starters, whether it's like um, Sabonis in the bench players or Levert now with the bench players. Um, I feel like Carlisle is doing a really good job to at least have a, a scoring threat while yeah. the other bench players are out there. He's, he's trying different lineups. Some of them work. Some of them really don't. Like uh, one in particular I saw today, which was the bench with Miles. 
and we'll get to Miles in a minute, but there was, I think, McConnell, Tory Craig, uh, Justin Holiday, uh, obviously um, Miles, and uh, one other that escapes me right now, but there was just no creator on the floor whatsoever. It was TJ McConnell trying to create for everyone else and couldn't create his own shot with what is a really impressive defensive team in the Knicks. I mean, being able to score 111 point, 111 points on the Knicks is no mean feat to begin with. Um, but I think this is the the inverse of what Bjorkren did last year. Bjorkren was trying stuff all the time, but with Carlisle, there seems to be a point to it. And there's also some stuff where he rides lineups that tend to work. I think, um, We've only really got two creators on the whole team and they just happen to be our starting backcourt. Um, McConnell can be if he's, you know, paired with some really talented offensive players, but overall the perimeter creators that we have, the guys that can make those those more difficult shots are uh, Brogdon and Levert. And I mean, Duarte, that's his perfect role, isn't it, Alex? Off the ball, you know, trying to get open, you know, being able to beat his man one-on-one if he's given the opportunity late in the shot clock. Like, this is this is sort of the, the whole point of having a guy like him on the team. And, you know, I think we, we will talk about TJ Warren later in the show, but I've seen a lot of debate who goes to the bench when we're healthy. I still think it is Duarte. I know a lot of people will, will might get angry at me for this. Yep. Oh, he should be starting. He should be starting. And, and don't get me wrong. He's been fantastic in the starting lineup. But as you kind of mentioned there, and as Justin said a lot on the show, like who is our scorer off the bench? We just don't yeah. have anyone. So to me, Duarte coming in as that six man, still playing like 28, 30 minutes a game uh, as Tyler Hero, as Buddy Heald and those guys do, that's perfect role for him. Uh, TJ McConnell, you know, he can't be out there with four other guys who can't create. It, no. it just doesn't work. So I think that's the perfect role coming going forward for Duarte. And you look... You know, you kind of saw it today, right? He barely shot the ball after the first quarter. So he kind of gets lost in that starting lineup a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I think coming off the bench is going to be uh, absolutely perfect for him probably next next year. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Well, I mean, when when we have Brogdon and Levert and Warren um, and Duarte, you know, all on the same roster, all healthy, Justin, is there any excuse for having all four off the court at the same time? You have to have at least one and ideally two on the floor at all times, right? Yeah, correct. And that's why Carlisle will have a lot of um, a lot of different uh, ways to go to it. And I think it'll differ from game to game, right? Like, um, I think, you, you know, you go with who's hot. Um, yep. Nate McMillan kind of used to do it, didn't he, with uh, who would play the fourth quarter. That's something I really liked about Nate McMillan. He, he would stick in the person who's hot that game, you know, yep. miles is kind of so inconsistent, you know, he'll either be dropping 30 or, or four minutes. And sometimes that's not his fault because he's not getting extended minutes in these games. He struggles. But um, I think a game like today, you'd be crazy not to play miles the whole fourth quarter. Um, that can be like, you know, he can interchange between Duarte and TJ Warren and Karis Levert. So um, yeah, today was kind of the first sneak peek of, what the paces might look like with a bit of a healthy roster. I know it's still pending on TJ Warren, but um, yeah, it does look good. There is some glimmer of hope there after the first, you know, five games of the season didn't really start too well. I want to touch on miles. I mean, as soon as he hit that first three pointer, you knew that he was going to have a good game. Like he, he let it fly. He immediately caught, uh, had a catch and shoot corner three on the second 
offensive possession and nailed that one straight away and then it put back to start the first eight points uh, for the Pacers. And uh, I mean, no greater example of how Miles is a player that needs to play with a lot of confidence to succeed. He had the ultimate confidence uh, in that first five minutes of the game, Alex, and it just carried through to the rest of the game. He was, you know, he was unstoppable. I feel like <laughs> that's that's the the thing with Miles. You can pretty much tell what kind of game he's going to have within the first four or five minutes. Yeah. Um. You know, in Washington, he had sixteen in the first against the Spurs the other day. He had twelve in the first. So he's actually had like a few really good first quarters. Uh, the biggest issue for him this year, obviously, being foul trouble. And today against the Spurs, even uh, against the Raptors, he avoided foul trouble. So if he can keep, you know, he doesn't have to. He's not going to drop twenty five every game. We know that. It's ridiculous to expect him to drop seven from ten from three, uh, but but we need him to uh, play more minutes. Like you see what he does on the defensive end when he goes off, it's layup lines for the other team. So, you know, we, we need him to stay out of foul trouble, and I feel like he's done that this past week. We even saw some flashes from Goga in this mm. game. I mean, he had that, that 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 the slowest fast break of all time. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the slow break. Um, it was it was a highlight. I mean. The the team option was picked up uh, for Goga earlier in the week. We haven't had a chance to talk about that. But, you know, I think you talk about a guy that needs confidence. Goga is definitely a guy that, that needs confidence. And Justin, you can get no greater confidence than your team saying, well, we're going to pay $5 million next year to play basketball because we think you belong in this league. So is that the best thing that could have happened to Goga? For sure. And I thought it was a bit touch and go there for a bit if the paces were going to extend... Uh, that offer and um, yeah it's funny you mentioned that fast break Alex I was like watch this watch this this will not go in this will not go in and yeah just dribbled in somehow but um, hit every yeah, part look, of the rim too didn't it yeah for sure um, I think he's lucky from personal standpoint not a team standpoint I think he's very lucky Isaiah Jackson got hurt because um, yeah. he was kind of soaking up all the Gogas minutes so it gives him an opportunity you know there's a saying in the NBA always stay ready whether you're the first man on the roster or the 15th man, like you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know one night, how many people are going to get injured or the coach might pull you in. So um, Gogo's got his chance now. I'd say if Isaiah's out, I'm not too sure how long he's out. If he's out a few weeks, which it sounds like this few weeks might, you know, define Gogo's career. You're going to be a solid backup center in your career, or are you going to be a third string journeyman? Um, You know, I hate to put too much pressure on a few weeks, but he really hasn't shown too much yet, has he, Adam? Um, there's been glimpses, yeah. but um, I think we'd really want to see, you know, a big, a big, you know, 14 point, 10 rebound kind of performance off the bench, don't we? We do. I mean, you look at the Spurs game, he played 10 minutes and, and had donuts. He had one steal uh, and was zero for two from the field. So, you know, you, it's trick or treat at the moment with Goga. Um, I'll tell you one guy I'm really impressed with, and that's former NBL defensive player of the year, Torrey Craig. I think he has been a fantastic role player for this team. He has, uh, I saw him guard Julius Randall on a few possessions today. I saw him, you know, he's that small ball four off the bench that has consistently hit, you know, probably 25 to 30% of his three point shots, which he wasn't known for earlier um, prior in prior years. So you know, he's been, I guess, more consistently scoring, which is not something that I ever expected from him. I didn't think that I would see him, you know, score 20 points in a game like he did earlier in the year. It's, um, you know, 
quite remarkable to see what he's been able to do. I mean, he had, what, 28 points, 11 boards against Brooklyn, had 12 points and seven boards today with two made threes. Like, that is, when you talk about bench scoring, and you've talked about it a lot, Justin, that is exactly what we need from a guy like Torrey Craig. We need, uh, you know, at least seven to 12 points, you know, five to seven rebounds. That's the stretch four off the bench, the, the small ball four that we need. I mean, I think he's been our bench, uh, best bench performer this season by far. Yeah, yeah that road game against Brooklyn, which you meant. Yeah, he's three-point shot. I didn't know he, he kind of had that up his arsenal. And um, I was really pleased when we signed him. I thought he was an underrated pickup. Um, yeah, I didn't know he'd shoot this well. But, yeah, defensively, I know KD kind of cooked him a bit as well. But um, he spreads the floor. He does all the right things. He plays hard, which I love. Um, he doesn't, you know, take off possessions and – Kind of when other players like Jeremy Lamb and TJ McConnell have started this season struggling, I think uh, without Tory Craig, that that bench unit, um, everyone knows it's my big sticking point, would be really, you know, I don't know where it would be without Tory Craig at the moment. So um, I just hope, like you mentioned, Alex, unfortunately, I think what will happen as well, that Duarte will move back into the um, the bench unit once TJ Warren comes back. But that's a positive. That's only going to bolster this team. And, you know, if you, you got Duarte and Tory Craig coming off the bench and um, those are, you know, two good shooters right now. So uh, it's only going to help us improve. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Win a winner chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Amazing what, you know, four days can do because Alex, if I'd asked you uh, after the last episode that we recorded, are we a playoff team? You would have almost certainly said no. I'm asking you right now, are we a playoff team? Uh, don't do this to me, mate. We're, we're a play-in team. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That is, is fair. To, that is very To fair. say is not, just to make sure everyone knows, that's not the playoffs. It's not, so despite... What some famous members of the front office may think that is that is not counted <laughs> by the fans as the playoffs. Um, Alex, I, I want to talk about a couple of guys that have been historically really good for the team, but this year have kind of struggled. Uh, Justin Holiday and TJ McConnell. Um, they have kind of held the fort down with injuries the past couple of years. McConnell had a double-double against the Spurs, but it was kind of a blowout and uh, it was a bit of an aberration offensively. But... Um, do you see them fitting into this team long-term given, you know, the emergence of Duarte, given Keelan Martin getting more minutes, Torrey Craig, um, kind of Torrey Craig almost could, you know, unseat Justin Holiday as that first forward off the bench. So are you concerned for, I guess, the future of those guys in this rotation and, 
is there a danger that they could be throw-ins in a trade? McConnell, I'm not worried about it at all. I feel like he always struggles. You know, he struggled his first year with the paces early, so not worried about him. But yeah, look, Justin Holiday, it's almost like Tory stole his three-point shot. I mean, today he was 0 from 7 from 3, and I, I could not complain at a single shot he took. I don't yeah. know. Like maybe he took one no good shot. Three, the other six were wide open. It, it's it's bizarre because you know these past couple of years he's probably been our best catch and shoot guy. So uh, to me, he's the X factor coming off the bench. We know he's good defensively, but when he's making three point shots and you know he's catching and shooting them like he did against the Spurs, right? He was three from four against San Antonio, seventeen points. That's the Justin Holiday we need. Because uh, if he hits three from seven today, what do we win it by? Like twenty one points or whatever. So, uh, yeah, he's such a big X factor. And, yeah, I don't know. It, it's bizarre. What do you guys think? I feel like uh, I can't complain about the shots he's getting. So, it's uh, it's bizarre. Dustin, what do you think? Yeah, he has struggled. I I think he could be a throw-in in, the, in a trade, if that was your question. Definitely a holiday. TJ McConnell, yeah. I mean, he's my boy, but he's definitely struggled to start the season. Did I don't know. Did anyone notice? Did he dye his hair or something? I swear. His hair looked like pitch black today. It looked really weird. But anyway, that's that's real off topic. But um, I think TJ McConnell may have been it's, – it's funny, right? When you're not, not as known player in the league, you can get away with a lot because teams don't scout you as much. I think TJ McConnell has been scouted a lot more um, with the way, you know, he steals inbounds and the hustles and kind of his mid-range pop. And um, if you don't have a second go-to, which I know he's worked on his three-point shot in the offseason because he needs to, um, I feel like teams are scouting him more and he's kind of struggling with that. Uh, added pressure. I, I, I just watched Golden State today, played Charlotte, and they Gary um, Gary Payton's son come off the bench and he he dominated. Like, he is someone I'd want in the paces. He was Mitten. like, he got like four. Yeah, he got like four pickpocket steals. He was balling. Like, that's kind of what TJ McConnell was like watching last season and just yeah. watching um, the Warriors today. I was like, man, yeah, McConnell, he doesn't provide that with us so far this season. Hopefully he does. But yeah, right now he's he's um, he's struggling a bit, isn't he, Adam? Yeah, I think um, if you were to look at, just thinking about uh, the, the good old eight-man rotation, the playoff eight-man rotation, crunch time, the coach only trusts eight guys, I mean, if TJ Warren was fit, you would have obviously the five starters. You would have Duarte. You would probably have Tory Craig. And then your choice would be between Justin Holiday and TJ McConnell right now for the eighth man. So you wouldn't have said that, you know, a couple of months ago, you would have said that those two guys would have been six and seven behind the starters. And now they're potentially eight and nine because of the emergence of Duarte, which is clear. And with how well Tory Craig is playing. Now, Tory Craig's play may be, you know, short-lived it may not last i certainly hope it does but um, there's a reason to believe that he may regress back to what he has been in previous seasons um but right now holiday and mcconnell just kind of look a little lost in terms of their production and their role i mean um at times you see the old mcconnell uh he had what five points uh six assists today but he's not getting those steals he's not getting those easy buckets he's you know having to fight a lot for what was probably pretty easy for him last season. He's still taking those sort of little baseline jumpers and he's still got that in his arsenal and it still can get him a couple of buckets every game, but still very, very poor from three. And, you know, even though he's worked on his shot, you you probably wouldn't want him to take too many of those open 
Um, and you know, for, for holiday, he unfortunately is in a shooting slump right now. Um, but the one thing that you can say for those guys is that they will give it 110% every single time. Like they will continue to work hard every game and that's all that we can ask. And that's what we want from our players. So, you know, despite their struggles, I think everyone's going to continue to support them and, and get behind them. We've got a Western conference road trip coming up. We've got Portland, Sacramento, Denver, and Utah. So Alex, out of those four games, how many wins? Jeez, Justin's got no faith, mate. Hey, some of, some of those some of those teams are struggling though right now. Like, did you say uh, what was the first one? Portland, sorry. Portland, yeah, they're struggling. Yeah, I mean, Damian Lillard looks. Oh, oh god, I shouldn't even say anything because if you want to break out of slump, play the paces. I mean, Harden has been cooking ever since he played us. So, <laughs> watch Dame go for fifty now that I'm talking smack about him, but. Yeah, he's been uh, shooting terribly. He had an okay game today. So I, I think that's a game you can pick up. The Suns look really bad. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's not going to be easy, but I think there's a couple of wins the Pacers can scrap out here on this road trip. Justin, you got a conspiracy theory about why these players are struggling from the field. <laughs> well, it's from my old friend, Paul George, not mine. But, yeah, he mentioned the uh, Wilson ball feels a bit different, and that's why, like, so many star players are in shooting slumps. And I... I tend to believe him because, yeah, I, I've never seen Dame Lillard. I think there was a stat: if he if he hits his next forty three point shooters, uh, three point shots, he's still under forty percent for threes for the season. And that that's not the Lillard we know. It's not like he's had one good season and he's struggling now. He's a superstar. So, um, yeah, just shout out that Wilson Ball. The NBA is actually looking into it, so I believe there is a problem with it, but. Um, yeah, with this road trip, it's funny. Pacer fans all think alike because I literally said to someone today, Alex, I said, you watch Lillard go for 40 against the Pacers. It, it'll happen. So um, I hate to be negative Nancy, but we never win in Portland. I know we won last year. That broke an 11-year drought. Uh, we never win in Utah and we never win in Denver. So I'm pretty sure we won in Denver last year. But over the course of me being a fan, Denver, Utah, Portland, nah. Ain't going to happen. Sacramento, we should win. Um, Phoenix, yeah, they're playing bad, like you said, Alex. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe we should beat Portland. Uh, Portland lost to Philadelphia without Embiid, Simmons, and Harris, which is, by God, embarrassing. And Portland just lost to Cleveland. So, who knows? I personally think they need to break that team up. Um, I know it's really loyal of Dame staying with Portland. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Portland are like Boston to me. The two, the two best players on the team, Lillard and McCollum, and then Brown and Tatum. You can't have your two best players really play the same position. So, um, yeah, both of them need to do something. It's it's a weird time for a couple of teams. I mean, there was an article during the week about how LeBron and Davis AD had uh, recruited Lillard uh, in the summer. And, and obviously he'd chosen to remain loyal. And, you know, I think if we had had a player of his ilk play for the Pacers and the Pacers had mismanaged the roster like Portland has mismanaged their roster over the past 10 years, then you could excuse that guy for leaving because ultimately he's done literally everything possible for the franchise. He's won series literally off his own back. He's hit two series winning game, winning series, winning uh, shots that are, you know, etched into NBA history uh, consistently puts up big numbers and wins wins games and wins playoff series. 
and yet the team haven't had a competent small forward since Nick Batum. I mean, like you, you cannot tell me that they are doing everything that they can to win because they keep relying on guys that have never won anything and they won't, they either can't or won't trade for a superstar to pair with, uh, with Dame Lillard. So be that as it may, you can't really blame the guy for going. Boston's a really weird situation because it seems like they've given two young guys far too much of the ball and far too much autonomy with the ball. Alex, I don't know whether you agree, but Brown and Tatum don't appear to be sharing the ball a whole hell of a lot. And it seems to be very focused on them. So if you stop those two guys, there's really no one else that you need to worry about. Yeah, that's basically what Marcus Smart was uh, talking about. I feel like it's weird. The Celtics had locker room issues in the bubble as well. And, you know, uh, everyone was blaming that on this player and that player. They're still going on. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. The the Trailblazers' biggest free agent acquisition was Cody Zeller, who's a pretty big-time free agent, according to some Indiana fans. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've got to backtrack there for a second because there's been some interesting talk about Jason Tatum's behavior right now. And it harkens back to what we experienced with Victor Oladipo. Now... Alex, you remember the Victor Oladipo was really chummy with Jimmy Butler and the Heat after a Heat game. He was, you know, yucking it up with the Knicks. He was having a laugh with his mates. Tatum's been doing the same thing. Tatum's been having a chat to Beal after double overtime games, you know, talking to former teammates of his and friends of his around the league after losses and that sort of stuff. Like, it's not really a good look and you can kind of understand how we got to a point where those guys get, you know, cop a fair bit of criticism for that sort of behavior. I mean, yeah, unless he starts going to other teams asking them to trade for him. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I think Jason Tatum will be all right in the Celtics. Look, it's weird. Cause the Celtics like Tatum and Brown are so talented, right? Like they drop 40 plus on any given night, but who else do they have? I mean, Robert Williams is probably their third best player right now on this season, which is insane. Uh, Schroeder was their acquisition. He just is not good anymore. I'm sorry. They need a point guard. Uh, you know who they could use, though? The six-man of the year candidate, Jeremy Lamb. Yeah. Trade for yeah, Jeremy absolutely. Lamb. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think, um, you know, Boston, pick up the phone, make the call. <laughs> you know, reluctantly, we will make the trade. Um, Jeremy Lamb has been a great servant of the Indiana Pacers, but we we will make that deal happen. And you know, Marcus Smart, he he's clearly a locker room. You know, he's 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 trouble. He's mm. no other way to say it, Boston. You've got to get rid of Marcus Smart. He is trouble. Um, Trading to Indiana, you know, we will reluctantly take on the contract of Marcus Smart. You know, he signed a big extension, so he probably can't be traded until the summer or until later in the season, but. You know, I think we can all agree on one thing, and that's that Marcus Smart should not be playing for the Celtics. He should be playing for the Indiana Pacers. Uh, and, and I think it's only fair. Alex, do you agree? Honestly, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't even know where he fits in, mate. <laughs> but but he, he would be one of our best defenders immediately, so why not? Yeah, I, you talk about that eight-man eight rotation. Can you imagine, I mean, if you had... The five starters, Duarte, Smart, and then one other bench player. I mean, that's that that's is yep. a significant rotation of guys that can defend, they can shoot, they can, you know, 
share the ball around. Like there's there's an upgrade that could be made there. And if the Celtics implode and the Pacers want to dangle a first rounder and are in a reasonable position and it's possible, then, you know, it's not the worst idea in the world. Although I think Marcus Smart is making a lot of money over the next four seasons, which might be the big issue with that sort of deal. Well, with a four game Western conference road trip approaching, we get to watch games at lunchtime as opposed to mid morning. So that's good for us. Uh, and good for you because we will continue to bring you episodes after every game or two games. We have been the Paceroos. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again next time.